Hello, hello. It's another case of Mixtape and Identity, and my guest this week is Emma Zamet. Yes, thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 70 of Mixtape and Identity with comedian Emma Zamet. Welcome to the show. This is your first time listening. Just let you know what's going to happen. We have a list of songs that Emma's provided me with. I, we're going to talk through them. The songs we're going to talk through are available as a playlist. So if you want to listen to any of the songs, uh, they're available on Spotify. You can find the link in the description of the podcast. Had a really good time with the songs provided as well. So just you know, looking at them just without getting into the, the categories themselves. Some classics in here, some songs I hadn't heard in a long time. Good Time by Capiac is a song that I've been obsessed with. Um... Shooting Stars by Bag Raiders, that's one that I've heard, but not in a while. Uh, so yeah, it's a nice one to have back in rotation. So yeah, I had a really good time with it. And this is a really fun chat. Uh, Emma is an absolute delight. Um, we had some really good conversations in here, so um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Just to say before we get into the show, if you want to support us, if you've been enjoying the podcast, um, you can support us financially. There's a coffee link set up in the description of the podcast. Um, also, just follow us on instagram that's the best thing to do if you want to get updates on guest announcements playlists all that good stuff clips from the show so yeah drop us a follow there apart from that not much else to say we'll just jump right in this is episode 70 of mixed open identity with amazon so how often do you actually listen to music at the moment emma i'm um... This is why I've been so excited about coming on. I'm a music obsessed. I've right. I, I can't handle silences. I don't. <laughs> I don't drive. I'm a. I don't drive in silence. Everyone at work knows I can't sit in silence. I'm very competitive right. with the radio station we have on or the digital streaming. So I'm very, very music focused. Okay. My whole yeah, my whole family is. Okay, mm-hmm. and. When you're listening to music, are you going back to all familiar or do you actively try and find new music? I used to, when in probably my mid-twenties, I spent mm-hmm. so much money on live music and I was actively trying to find new music and right. uh, went to like bands I hadn't heard of and every music festival. I think now as I've got older, I kind of fall back onto just older stuff that I know but it yeah. but it annoys me because I get in the car every morning and I go to you know when Spotify goes they do time capsules for you of what you've been listening to and I go yes. oh, I'm sick of all these songs but then I don't I kind of don't know where to start for new stuff lately yeah. uh, so 15 years ago definitely new 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 um, now I'm all old school right mm. yeah I'm um... Yeah, I've I've talked about this on the show before, but that's a, the exact reason I started doing this is because I was just listening to my um, top 100 songs from 2017, like 2018, 2019, and then exactly the same as you. Mm. I was like, anytime I was putting on music, I'm like, oh, I am, I'm sick of all the music mm. and I don't really like finding new music. So I got to a point where I was like, I maybe just don't like music. Maybe it's not for me. Um, and then, yeah, I started... The, the reason I got the idea for this is that I thought it would be an interesting way to get people to introduce music because I find typically when you ask people to for like recommendations, they tend to go for either way too much or something that they think is, is niche and cool. 
and not necessarily what they actually enjoy and what they actually think is like the best thing or they mm-hmm. want to listen to mm-hmm. um so yeah it's, it's yeah it's, it's a good way to get introductions so um don't yeah, you find that i mean i've been looking at all your uh spotify playlists from all the yeah. guests i'm loving them so much because uh, I've noticed a few of my friends and I, like Kirsty Wiebeck was one of your guests. Yep. Mm-hmm. Her and I have such a similar music taste and she had uh, Ben Lee's Cigarettes Will Cool You mm-hmm. and and I wanted to put that on. I was like, oh, no, I need to be fresh and cool and I can't repeat something that someone's done. Although, like, that song is easily in my top five songs of all time. So Right, okay, yeah. I have been wondering, from your perspective of being the host, do you feel like the majority is still just songs you've known and maybe you're hearing them, them from a different perspective of how people relate to the to that song? You know, we've all got our own different connections to each song. Do mm. you find that with some of the songs? I think f- for me, because my... For, for such a long time my, my sphere of influence with uh, my music taste was so small genuinely like such a, a large chunk of the music that I'm introduced to through through this show is like brand new to me okay great um, so there are there are definitely there are definitely a number of songs that like repeat themselves um, and I've I've got a spreadsheet now where I keep track of all the songs that are on the list so I know like who are the most common artists the most common albums and things like that so um, there are definitely songs that come up again and sort of certain themes that come up again um, uh, and yeah I think that's the thing that I'm more uh, interested in when it comes to like looking at the similarities between guests is that you know you could have two completely different songs but the reasons behind that song for a particular category are exactly the same um, which is quite nice yeah so um, so yeah like I'm I'm largely still being introduced to new music but yeah you, you do tend to see similar songs and similar albums uh come up from time to time so there's a there's a few on your list that have, have like been on the show before um which we'll get on to oh, okay let me do it again but <laughs> i wanted to, do you know how many times i rewrote my list i was like oh i just like but then i was like i had to i had to just stop and go no this is personal to me and yeah. this is how it is yeah um, yeah promise yeah. i'm not copying people yeah. <laughs> That's fine. No um all right, we'll we'll jump in. So the first song is a song you fell in love with straight away. So you went for Get Lucky by uh Daft Punk, Pharrell Williams and Mal Rogers. I could have chosen so many songs, but there's this hmm. for this song I have a very vivid memory that I was driving okay. to driving to my brother's house, my eldest brother, Daniel's house. Mm-hmm. And it started to play and I pulled my car over to go, what the hell is this song? This is an unbelievable song. And, yeah. I mean, I've always been, I've been a really big Daft Punk fan um, all my life. But then mm-hmm. I was listening to Pharrell in it. I just couldn't, I just hadn't heard anything like that for a long time. It was right. two people that, two artists that you, I really, to be honest, never would have put in the same like collaboration and so I just stopped my like pulled over listened to it and then I walked through my brother's door and I went I have just heard the most amazing song like so I made him listen to it and like so my family is very very music very music driven so we do share a lot about music together and my sister's really into music so um yeah I walked through the door I put it straight on and I was like you need to hear this song it's amazing 
Yeah. It's it's an incredible combination of like artists. Like um Nile Rogers of Chic is incredible at writing like a catchy song. Daft Punk again and Pharrell Williams. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Pharrell because I think that I think he's very smart. I think he's very good at writing a song for a moment and a song that will get in your brain. Like happy. Necess- mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, I'm still, I'm I'm trying to get my head out of my own ass when it comes to music, but I'm still, there's still part of me that, that just thinks there's something less than in terms of his uh, uh, artistic um, what sensibilities. About, what about when he was in NERD though? Yeah, like, yeah, I know, oh. I know. Well, I think I, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying this is. I'm not saying this is valid or fair. It's just like it's just where my head's at. But no. um, but he, he does. He writes incredibly catchy music, and the three of them together is like it's. It's no wonder they've created a song as as good as this. And like I think it's still. It was. It was everywhere. It, like I. I. I think some people will definitely be sick of this song by now. But I think it still holds up. It's incredible. Well, do you know I'm actually I'm actually going through it all over again because at the moment my son is really into Daft Punk and he's nine. Oh, okay. And this this killed me, right? I've kept every ticket stub of every concert I've ever been to because I know my children are not gonna believe me that I was actually <laughs> really cool. <laughs> and right, sure. so like honestly, like for every artist I want them to throw my way, I could pretty much say I've seen them. My biggest right. biggest biggest thing i've ever always been upset about was the cranberries used to be one of my favorite bands of all time and she canceled when they were supposed to come on the australian tour because she broke her wrist and they never came back so i never got to see them live um but i was driving with my son the other day and he's really into kind of like the discovery album of like harder better faster and all that kind of stuff and he turns to me and he goes mom have you ever heard of this this band this guy's this, this band's called um, Daft Punk. And I was like, yes, fuckhead. I have absolutely... <laughs> and I just totally just went for him. I was like, I was at Sydney when I they played to 50,000 people and they couldn't let everyone in and it was 42 degrees and everyone couldn't get through the front gates and it was two hours wait and this guy double dumped on a train and I had to watch him go through a whole double dump of a pill next to me without moving five metres in this line and it was a whole experience. <laughs> I was like, I definitely know who this is, but, um, yeah, I feel like it's going to happen quite a lot with him because he's actually really into music yeah. as well. So, um yeah, so it's good. It's a, so I'm like get lucky. He's actually played in my car probably eight or nine times a week now, driving to school. So, oh, great. but I still, you I'm... know, that first beat coming in. Yeah, I, yeah. I still love it. I still love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. I am. Um, I did. I, I, I've. I think I've got rid of them at some point. But I. I did have all the uh, my tickets from when I was a, a teenager and went to a lot of live music. Um, and if I still had them, I probably would get rid of them now because. I, if I was going to introduce my son to music, it wouldn't be the very boring indie bands that I went to see, like Keen and Snow Patrol and the uh, boring like Keen. Are you joking? They're amazing. I still no. Come on. All right. Okay. I, yeah, come all right, on. Fine. And um, they're not boring. They've got some great songs. Well, when I went to see them, they introduced their new bass player on stage, and their new bass player was a laptop on a chair. <laughs> okay. You've had an interesting 
experience with that then. Yeah. I mean, because somebody... Yeah, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> so, um, Somewhere Only We Know is definitely mm. one of my favourites. Um, okay. But, yeah, that's that, that's in my playlist of songs. But, Excellent. yeah, I can appreciate that your experience probably put a bit of a damper on that band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, song two is a song that took you a while. So you've gone for How to Make Gravy by Paul Kelly. Yes. That's going to probably, a lot of Australians will probably not understand why that took me so long. Because, do you, are you familiar with that song? So this this is the one that's been on the list, on people's lists. Okay, so you, once. okay, so, uh, and I bet no one had it for answer two. Um, I've definitely had at least, I've definitely had a Paul Kelly song in a song that took you a while before. Okay, because this song, like, it just, it did take me a while and I kind of didn't, like, I just didn't. You know, it didn't really kind of get me. And then what it took was I worked at a radio station and mm-hmm. this, but this was only like maybe four or five years ago. And okay. um, Paul Kelly came in to sing, but he was doing some of his newer stuff. And then someone said, you know, play How to Make Gravy. Now, one of my best mates always says that's that's the her and her kids song, and I was kind of nodding, pretending I really like enjoyed it. And then I heard him sing it live, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm in." Like he right. was, you know, he's so charismatic, and he doesn't even have to do that much, and he's just got an amazing voice, and he is a great storyteller. Um, and so, yeah, now it's like I've just discovered this song, even though it's been around for what twenty years or something. So right. yeah, yeah, it did take me a very, very long time, but I'm mm. I'm all in now. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, the th- the live thing. I think the live thing. I know you just said that you just saw Kane and they introduced you to a laptop, <laughs> but <that's, laughs> that seems a bit rare. But um, mm. it's definitely the live moments of some of these songs. Like sometimes I'll love a, I'll really love a song and they can completely butcher it live. Um, right, sure. And then there's sometimes songs on an album that I've never even given second thought and I've heard it live and I go, oh, my God, that's amazing. And so, yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I was talking about this on a recent episode, but like, I have so many bands and artists that I absolutely loved on the like the Belfast scene. Um, when I was doing what you were saying, like you go to, you know, the support act of the main act and then you go to their show and then you go see the other support act and, um, you know, it all sort of spirals and you just go to like gigs and you don't really know the bands and stuff like that. I've seen so many bands that were so incredible, created like this beautiful sound. And then, you know, you buy the CD and you, you, you play it for a friend. You said, this band is incredible. And then you put it on, you're like, this is very boring. This is like, this mix is not, Mm, not yeah. doing them any favors mm. um so 100 but yeah so the, the the paul kelly thing um i i think my first instinct when i was listening to this song is that i was surprised at how unironically uh australians love paul kelly because mm-hmm. uh, i think that i think that song in particular how to make gravy is one that you could probably uh write off was like sort of old man music or you know there's a bit of a it's a bit of, i think like on the arts i looking in it's a bit of a silly song um it, it in, totally without, is without context mm, right mm, um mm. so i was 
I was surprised at like how sincere Australians were about their love of Paul Kelly. Um, but the more I see of him and the more I hear about him and the more like songs I I listen to of his, the more I understand the um the the gravitas of him as an artist and the storytelling element of it is um obviously a big factor. Um but you could it's still yeah. weird to me that this is a Christmas song. But um, Yeah, I know because it, it's it's a make it is amazing how much Australians love this song, right? It's not like we can all relate to an uncle that's in jail who can't get home for Christmas, right? Sure. And but I think it really captures in a way the Christmas spirit in another way. Like the mm-hmm. everyone thinks their grave is better than anyone else's. And sure. you know, so it's the way he describes, you know, don't forget a bit of tomato sauce and all that kind of stuff, all that little bit. Then the pushing the tables back and dancing around, like that's a that's an ideal Christmas for me. So I think there's the mm. nostalgia of that. Um yeah. and, and our ideal Christmas. It's not the relating to the man in the jail who can't get out for whatever yeah, sure. he's done yeah. wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think you know you love Paul Kelly before that song comes out, so it's even more. Yeah, yeah. The, the way he story, well, the way he tells that story is almost like you can visually see everyone around this table at Christmas. So, yeah. anyway, so yes, it's, yeah. it's a new one for me. Yeah, the other thing that really endeared me to him was the uh, um, I think it was Grace Jarvis introduced me to the um, like a version, like a version. Yeah, dumb. Mm dumb things with ab yeah. original so that just um, came third i think I was, third or fourth on the weekend did you know this yeah 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 i was i was mm. keeping track as I, I was i was i was looking at how many of the i think he was fifth i, th- I was looking at how many of the the like versions that have been on the show were in mm-hmm. the top 10 so we had we had five of the top 10 were in uh have been on mixtape and identity so we'll we'll come back to the covers um Song three is a song from your introduction to music. So you went for Midnight Oil, Forgotten Years. So how much do you know? Much how much do you know about Midnight Oil? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Am I the first person who's put Midnight Oil on? I uh, I think so. Yeah. And did you listen to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so my my prep is I'll listen to the I'll, I'll listen to this playlist um about eight times. Okay, right. And what what did you think? What did you think? Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, it's it it feels um, it felt very of its time. Um, there's a sort of like a epic quality to like '90s rock and roll that I don't think I don't think fully translates into into modern rock. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I I really really liked it. So my inter- so Midnight Oil is the uh, lead singer is Peter Garrett, who, if you ever have a chance, please Google him live performance okay. because everybody in Australia who knows Midnight Oil has done a Peter Garrett dance at some point in okay. their life. So he's okay. he's bald. I think he's six five. He dances with his hands straight down by his side and moves around like uh in a car yard sale like that balloon that man the balloon thing that probably that's how he dances yeah so and okay. uh they're re- they're big activists they're really like really support like human rights and all that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and so when i was 8 my brothers and my sister were at the midnight oil concert and my dad mm-hmm. 
went to go pick them up and it was at Eastern Creek Raceway in Sydney in Australia and so it's a big outdoor concert and my dad we we turned up early and I've never been to a concert before heavily influenced by music all around my family and my dad put me on his shoulders to watch this last song and I was like mesmerised by this balloon dancing man (laughs) on stage with his hands dead straight honestly google it after this um and that album um blue sky mine is like is one of my favorite of all time and uh and like u.s forces and forgotten years and all that so that is still on high high rotation for me i mean it's a 30 year old album but um Uh like just i mean only Six weeks ago, my sister was here visiting me, and we put Forgotten Years on, and we were dancing around the kitchen. Mm. Like, I just love it right. so much. Yeah. 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 I can see that being a uh, a, a, good, a good live song. There's a very big sort of... Uh, I think it's 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 written in such a way that the crowd can very much get on board, right? The, uh, the These Will Not Be Forgotten Years is, yeah. like, such an anthem. It is. Um, uh, yeah, I can see that being. Yeah, right, the hardest uh, years, the darkest. Years. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Yeah. yeah, big time. Right, I'm gonna have to check out this uh, this dancing as well. That's class. Uh, yes, um, please, please do. Right. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, song four is the song that makes you happy. So you went for "Shooting Stars" by Bag Readers. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not? What I love about this song is halfway through the song. It like changes mm. tempo, like all the time. It's almost like it sounds like a different song. It just suddenly mm-hmm. k- kicks in halfway through. And I, yeah. like, I've seen Bag Raiders a few times and I just love this song. And, um, and then there's this guy in America, but he is like, he's, um, uh, African American. And he's this really happy guy, um, and he dances next to the car while it drives. And he normally plays. Like, oh, um, yes. Do you know the guy? Yes, the song is um, that, uh, it's Friday again. Yes, it's Friday then. Yeah, that, that, that day night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he played Bag Raiders, Shooting Stars one time. And right, okay. right when it kicks in and I was like oh, the whole world is suddenly going to know my secret about this song I mean it's not my <laughs> secret everyone knows, loves this bloody song um, but I couldn't yeah, believe sure. it and in the comments everyone's like what is this song who is this band what is this oh really yeah and oh. um, and I was commenting it onto everyone and I think it, it like put a whole new kind of peak for that song because it's been around for years oh, really? Um. But I just, how can you not be happy? It's just, it's the best yeah. song. You just, I just yeah. dance every time I hear it. I dance and yeah, it's great. It's a great clean your yeah. house song. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 I, do you know what? That, that is a great shout because it's, it's, it's very energetic, but it's also one that you can sort of get swept up in. Mm-hmm. I, like there's a few songs I've had like this before where, I'd say I you could swap this song out for like a twenty or thirty minute version, mm-hmm. and I wouldn't know, you know. Like yes, I, yes. I don't know how much time is passing while I'm listening to this. It's just like I just get completely swept up in it. Mm. I'm fairly sure I know this song from like, I don't know if this is TikTok or 
if it's it would go back as far as Vine, but there's a very silly like meme based around this song where um it's usually like a, a football um football match football scene it's like a player sliding either like in celebration or a slide tackle and if it goes on for slightly too long (laughs) they will like edit it so they go off the pitch and then like into space and then like edit them sliding across various scenes and this song plays so it puts me in that sort of like it's quite a silly um mindset which i quite like um but yeah it's like it's very energetic very fun and yeah, you could definitely get get swept up in it. Great. It's just, just is that ding ding, and then I just you just get like like if I saw it live again, I think I'd even appreciate it in a whole other different way. But um, right, it's uh, I didn't. I have no idea about that. I think TikTok makes so many songs bloody famous though now, don't they? Like that's how my son introduces yeah. me to new music. Oh, that's what I was gonna. <laughs> that's actually quite true, you know. Like there's. Tell you what, tell you what's on my son's playlist at the moment, and he really is truly introducing me to some stuff that I was kind of like, eh, but I'm really loving yeah. it. Um, and it's all from TikTok. Um, so Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. Do you know that song? I'm not sure I do. Um, Cupid by Twin Bird. That Jake guy, but spells his name J V K E. Oh my god! Look at me go. I mean, I've just introduced you to know, new great. songs, but he um, he definitely that's probably my new round of being introduced to things. Mm. Yeah, there's there's got to be some like slightly frustrating ones though, because I remember seeing on the internet about people being like, "Oh my god, has everyone heard of Dreams by Fleetwood Mac?" <laughs> on TikTok, and you're like, "Is this this is how this is how people get into Fleetwood Mac?" That's that's fine. It's fine. That's the they, that's the cranberry juice drinking one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's the cranberry yeah. juice. And then one. Yeah, yeah, there was the Stranger Things, uh, Kate Bush thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I... What, what about Louis Theroux, who suddenly oh, yeah. gets fa- <laughs> famous? <laughs> yeah, that's... that was so weird. Like that's so strange because I've loved Louis yeah. Theroux for ages, and then the way that a whole bunch of people get introduced to him is through that. Oh my god! I know, I love it. My body don't which jiggle, is, jiggle. It, yeah, yeah, I love it. Which though. is from like quite a, um, in parts quite a dark documentary in the first it's instance. So dark, and yeah. it was ten years ago. Can you imagine Louis Theroux? He's not an extrovert. He's not a like in the spotlight kind of celebrity. And someone yeah. would have said to him, "You are now trending." He's like, "Get fucked! No way! Not a chance." Do you know what he? I I saw him do an interview recently where he said he talked to his wife about it it was he actually i think he had um what do you call the chicken shop girl amelia something yes um, yeah he had her on his podcast and he was talking about that thing going viral and when uh amelia's people sent his people the interview that they did he showed it to his wife and his wife said mm, i'm not sure about the rap you should maybe ask them to cut that because <laughs> it felt a bit silly and he sort of hemmed and hard and then he was like no it sort of works in the context and we'll just you know we'll, we'll let them run with it and then that was the thing that like completely blew up for him but like there was genuinely a moment where that could have been lost in the ether and like he'd still thank god okay it'd... but um, it'd be fine but thank god yeah. it wasn't it's actually a great rap yeah yeah it was that's fun. enough that's it was an... a lot of fun. i also i also unfortunately hear that song probably five or six times a week driving to school 
Nice. I know the nice. I know the whole dance. So yeah, can't, can't I'm pretty. Cool. What, what I'm trying to say is I'm pretty cool. So I'm pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, effortless. Um, yeah. All right. Song five is the song that makes you sad. So you've gone for "Hello" by Neil Diamond. This is definitely going to change the mood a bit, but um, so my dad passed away unexpectedly eleven years ago. Okay. And it's sixty-seven, and he was a really big Neil Diamond fan. He was also an Elvis, like loved Elvis, and he used to dress up as Elvis and go to the Parks Festival, um, which is famous for Elvis big festival in parks in New South Wales. Right. Um, and he'd always go to his local RSL and do karaoke night on Fridays, and it would always be Neil Diamond. And I mean, he'd he'd sing, you know, your typical Neil Diamond songs of Sweet Caroline. Mm-hmm. And uh, Forever in Blue Jeans uh, is one of my favourite Neil Diamonds. And um, Hello Again, I was kind of like just listening to Neil Diamond on rotation when my dad died. And Hello Again, I actually wasn't super as familiar with. But I just remember being like an absolute mess because, mm. you know, all of the lyrics are about, you know, the sadness of when you lose someone. Um, and I used to do gigs, uh, comedy gigs, uh, really soon after he died. Um, and then I'd get in the car, so I'd be all oh, like, ha, ha, funny, funny jokes on stage. And then I'd get in the car and I'd put hello again on and I would listen to it 20 times in a row, driving home, bawling my eyes out. Mm. Um, and like even now, like if it comes on, sometimes I've just got to turn it off immediately because it really yeah. tr- triggers me. Um, yeah. But it was, it was the only song I had on rotation after he died. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, what was your dad's name? Tony. Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Zamet. Yeah. Yes. So he's a bit. He was like a really like deep voice, um, Barry White, like really, okay. really deep voice, and okay. um, my, my so brother. You have that Elvis mate. quality, that Neil Diamond quality. Oh, you? totally had that. Yeah. He didn't have. He actually didn't have that bad a voice, um, but he definitely heard like a you know good mm. a good deep voice singing voice. Um, so yeah, so that's that's yeah, that's it. That's the one for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I can see that hundred percent. Um, it's a even just listening to this song myself, I I feel like it's a very sad song because there's um there's a real like vulnerability to it and um, there's a slightly i don't mean this to sound uh, derogatory but there's a slightly pathetic quality to the lyrics as well in that sort of like like that sort of i'll take whatever i can get here kind of thing um which yeah like anytime someone's poor and like putting their heart on their sleeve like that i yeah it, it really gets me um and yeah i i can see why that would have been uh the go-to yeah. song in that moment. I think if anyone listens to my playlist on Spotify, they like I do. I hope it's still a really good song. Like I, it's probably now that everyone knows that backstory, probably going to be a bit maybe too much to hear. But it is, you know, again, he's kind of like a great storyteller. Like, 
Absolutely. Um, Paul Kelly as well. So it is a good yeah. song, definitely. Is. It's a beautiful song. It's a really good mm. song. I really, really it like is. it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So in the in the times where it comes on, you do listen to it. Does that like? Is there? Is it sort of like a grieving thing for you now, or is it like? Do you, do you find any comfort in it now when you listen to it? Um. I mean, it's really funny with grief because, like, I mean, there's no prescription to grief and you can't turn it on and turn it off and it will hit you in ways, you know, that yeah. some days, but like, you know, you see, like, normally I'm okay with it, but just even the second I just started telling you that my dad had died, I just got emotional. Yeah. And I wasn't expecting to do that then. So it's like... Sure. Um, there's some days I absolutely don't have the capacity to have a grief moment. Right. Um, yeah. And then there's other times, actually, like, really interestingly, I actually put it on um, driving home from a gig the other night, and I and I did have a cry for the first time in ages. But it was, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it depends on how I feel in the day, how yeah, I want sure. grief, how I want to let grief in. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. We'll move on. A uh, mm. song six is a song to relax to. Uh. So you went for "Remember" by Madonna. This was a really hard one for me to answer because I don't know how to relax. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> okay. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I mean, you got an eight and a nine year old in the house. Like that makes sense. Oh, but my husband's like, just go have a lay down. I go, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to turn my brain off. I'm not good at meditating. Um, mm. I'm always thinking about what else have I got to do in the house? What else have I got to do at work? Because I've got two jobs. I've got a full-time job and I do, you know, stand up as well. Yeah. And and parenting and being an amazing, sexy wife, all those things. So <laughs> I really struggled to answer this, but there is something about this song that always makes me feel calm. Mm. And it's a really good era of Madonna music. Like right. She had, she had rain. I think it was, it was exactly around the same time she was in a League of Their Own movie. Right, okay. But around that time for Madonna, she was putting out some great music. Um, I mean, her face looks pretty fucked up at the moment. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Am I allowed yes. to swear? Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Right. Um, but anyway, there's something about this song that if I do hear it, I really do generally feel quite calm and mm. just peaceful and happy and just, yeah, it's a, it's right. a, it's a good song. Okay. Yeah. And so given what you said about not being able to relax, like what, when you're listening to this and it makes you feel a little bit calmer, is this still in the midst of doing everything or have you found a thing no, that will def- help you relax? <laughs> oh, just sitting on the, my bed scrolling. <laughs> right. Fair. <laughs> oh, I had such a, I mean, I'm definitely back, back reading again this year, which I, okay. I used to be in a, I used to be a really big reader, and that was my relax. Um, right. And my my mum used to say to me when I was young, like, "Turn the light off." I'm like, "I just one more chapter." Like I was one right. of those readers, and then I get my torch out and all those kind of things to read the book. But um, I do 
if I'm just chilling and I'm in the house and I'm on the couch, this is definitely part of my mix of songs that I would play. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's funny. There's um, there's a, uh, there's a range of uh, interpretations of uh, relaxing, um, and I think sometimes that sort of even something like a uh, shooting stars is another sort of category for some people of that being you know being swept up in a song and maybe not necessarily doing like a relaxing activity, but you know switching your mind off for a moment mm. um, is a uh, is another one. Um, but yeah, it's I good agree. to have. So, mm. Yeah, it's 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 good to have uh, as long as there's something that you can do to like soothe and look after yourself in the midst of all that. That's yeah, the, totally. Yeah, I never thing. thought I would put Madonna as a relaxing song kind of person yeah, for sure. me, but uh, but it's very it's very different to what she puts out. Mm. You know, like Cherish is one of my favorite Madonna songs, and that's right. very upbeat and. God, I can visualize that video clip. I used to be obsessed with video clips, mm. like obsessed. Like I'd wake up in Saturday mornings and I put Rage on, and then I'd go to MTVs, and I just love video clips. And I, I could sit and watch video clips for three hours straight. Right. And um, there's, yeah, for her, and I can still visualize this this video clip as well. It's just not really what she normally does and okay, sure. um yeah like you got you know like a prayer and cherish and for something to drop drop down to this kind of level is was very unlike madonna and i like it mm. okay excellent all right uh song seven is a song from your preteen years so you went for tomorrow by silver chair now this is a cheating one because okay because the silver chair boys are the same age as me okay they're 40 they're 41 42. Okay. So it's not pre-teen, but they all, they, you know, obviously became famous at 14. Right. Oh, okay. how much, how much do you know about Silverchair? A little, a little. I think I've come across some Silverchair songs before, but not very much. Okay. So Silverchair were, like, for 14 years of age... The skill of Chris on the guitar and Ben on the drums, and then you know Daniel Johns being, you know, the lead singer. What they could write and produce and release at fourteen years of age is pretty phenomenal. And the whole of Australia embraced them, and they their Frog Stomp album Uh is. Um, actually, after I put this down as your uh, one of the answers, I've gone back and listened to the whole album a couple of times. Um, and then they've had, like, album after album after this. Um, no no longer together. Um, but so it's a cheating kind of answer because they were teens when they released it, but I was a teen when it came out. And sure. um, all my preteen stuff is all my family's influence of, like, Jive Bunny and the Master Mixes from Dad and Neil Diamond and um, the Smiths and Morrissey and all that kind of stuff. But I need my brother used to like the Breeders. And, uh, but I just, when I think teenagers and teen, I definitely think Silverchair. It's right, okay. Definitely the biggest band for me at 13 and yeah. 14. 
Yeah. So and tomorrow yeah. is that is that a song that they released when that's they... that's their first song that they released. Fourteen. That's them at fourteen. Wow. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Wow. Yeah. I don't know how oh to God, now about, I'm about, about child prodigies. Anytime someone has done something incredible at like fourteen, even up to like like early twenties, I'm like, I was a fuckhead until I was like twenty seven. <laughs> like this is <laughs> Still I'm a fair. fuckhead. Um, <laughs> um hang on. I'm just gonna Google this now because I'm second guessing myself. When was Silverchair released? Tomorrow was the breakthrough hit song for Silverchair, nineteen ninety-four. So I was I was born in eighty two. I was twelve. Wow. So um, So yeah, that's not cheating. That counts. Yeah, that counts. Yeah, that's their debut. Like like Wow. When you go when you like, go back is, and listen that... to that now. Yeah. 14. Well, I was just I was gonna say, like, even before I knew that, I, I love the vocal on this. Um mm-hmm. I, I mean I love it from a like a I I like singing that kind of song. Um, there's like the 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 growl to it, um, and it's like kind of in my range. So like that's the kind of music I really enjoy singing, because uh, I feel like I'm getting a lot of anger out in in some ways. Um, but yeah, to have that vocal at fourteen is crazy. And how yeah, do you write a, a song big... like that at fourteen? That's mad. Well, that's what I mean. But also like not even giving credit to Daniel Jones, the lead singer. Got to give credit to Ben Gillies and also Chris Giovanni, who's the guitarist and the drummer at 14. Yeah. Like, that is some incredible skill. And mm-hmm. and Daniel Jones's voice changed over the years, obviously, because he would have gone over, but still, a, a beautiful voice. And, um, but there's, like, quite a few, there's a few artists that you could talk about um, their vocal range is apparently Kurt Cobain hit notes that are just some people couldn't understand how he could change his voice and mm. tone. Um, there's an Australian singer called Matt Corby. Do you know Matt Corby? No. Okay. Matt Corby is by far one of the most unbelievable singers in Australia. And he... Um, he was a great singer, then he went on Australian Idol and then hated it because they were trying to mould him into this, you know, person that he definitely wasn't. Uh, he he had um, chains in like a version of Tina Arena. I'm going to send you all his stuff. But the same for Daniel John. So Kirk Cobain, Daniel Johns, Matt Corby, they've all got this vocal range that is like really unbelievable. That, mm. um, But, yeah, I think for who they are at 14 and paying credit to all of the band members. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. I mean, they were on big day out tour and had to have their parents come with them because they were underage to do an Australian wide, you know, the biggest music festival in Australia. So wow. yeah, anyway, it deserves to be on the list. Anything from yeah. them deserves to be on the list. That's crazy. I am. Um, there's a, are they Irish? Yeah. Yes, they're Irish. There's an Irish band called uh, The Stripes. I know. You know yes, the Stripes. I, I know The Stripes. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar thing. They they started releasing music when they were fifteen. Um. Oh, and. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. 
pay the same compliment in terms of maybe the the vocal performance for that but i think the songwriting for their young age and the especially the guitar playing um like ridiculously talented and again watching them was just like this is this it's insane how focused how dedicated how like gifted they are um and they made some amazing music i saw them uh they opened they were one of the support acts for Foo Fighters and I saw them at uh, Slane Castle which is this gorgeous almost like mythical uh, venue in the in south of Ireland um I like a like this it's like a classic rock and roll venue like the, every big name from like the 70s and 80s is played there um but uh but yeah they, they were they were on that stage and they were just insanely good and yeah, uh, just for such for such a young age, it's absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, I'll I'll, mm. I'll need to listen to more um, Silverchair because that it's a it's definitely a style of music that I really like. It's a, it's definitely a style of vocal that I I really enjoy. And uh, yeah, well, they they actually all their albums change so like dramatically. Okay. Like they've got Freak Show and Diorama and you know Frog Stomp. So like they really like as they mature. Um, yeah. You know, they'd start exploring different types of, you know, so it's music and it's, um, I'll send you some stuff. You'll love it. Yeah. It's really, it, yeah, it's, it's, I'm really fascinated by the idea of going through like adolescence um, mm. while growing your sound and like dealing with that kind of success as well. Because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm interested in seeing how bands react to like just, just success to get to you know from from their first album to their second and see what they're able to do mm-hmm. with that but to continually change your sound as you're going through <laughs> puberty for one yeah. um, but like yeah. experiencing all that and like uh getting into like your adult years and and um yeah okay i'm i'm mm. i'm in i'm in i'm intrigued all right song eight is a cover so you've gone for welcome to the black parade by alex Lee. oh Oh, this is such a great cover. Um, <laughs> it, I, oh, I just like, and it made. I think I can't remember what number was this. I think, I think it was. was thir- it's 13. definitely thirteen. Pretty sure. So I didn't really know Alex and any of her music before I saw this, and mm. I've always like I'm not a um, Chemical Romance fan. My Chemical right. Romance, My Chemical, My Chemical Romance, yeah. yeah. But I really do love Welcome to the Black Parade. I really did love that song. It's kind of like Linkin Park. I'm not a huge Linkin Park fan, but Shadow of the Day is one of my top ten songs, I reckon. Right. Okay. So so the same for Welcome to the Black Parade. And I and G Flip was on the drums. Yeah. And the name escapes me for the other singer. But I was just couldn't get over the power of Alex's voice yeah. and everything about that. And, you know, G Flip on the drums and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a great cover. I just, yeah. again, I've got that on high rotation. It, it, her vocals are amazing. Yeah. And, yeah, I think it's, um, I was really, really happy that made it in the top 20. I think it deserved it. And yeah. it's if you didn't love that song, I reckon you would absolutely love it from her version. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm. I, I'm I'm similar to you. I'm not I'm I'm not a huge uh, MCR fan. My 
wife is like that that was like her band um when she was when she was growing up and she went to see them in dublin uh last year i think um and yeah like so that sort of reignited something so she's got them on in the car quite a bit um which i'm okay with like there are certain songs i can i can i can get on board with um i think what i really liked about this because i'm not typically with a cover i i'm not massively into covers where they're like fairly straight down the line in terms of the musical interpretation i don't think alex is doing anything massively like out there with her version of this song it's like it's quite similar um but i when you watch the video they are having just the best time and i think that's the big thing for me is like like she's obviously such a big fan and just i think yeah there's there's a real love for it um and yeah g flip he's on the um uh this is how i like when you start saying g flip i was like because i saw them uh in the background that they're on the percussion right so they got the cymbals mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than the mm-hmm. drum kit and i was like whoever this is is having like an amazing time when you go through the comments people are like whoever's on percussion is just like living their best life um yeah. and then yeah went, went and found them on instagram afterwards as well because like they're just they're, they're having so much fun and it's it's so great and yeah it just comes together to make this incredible piece of music and i was i was i was that was the same as you i was really happy that it was like high in the list because there's so much love there and i think that's what i really really like about it because the the people who are enjoying it are largely i think are going to be mcr fans who love seeing this interpretation there's going to be people as you say who aren't maybe mcr fans who will just enjoy it for um like this epic kind of theatrical song um and there's yeah there's so much energy to it it's yeah it's it's a it's a great one i'm a big fan it it's always it always makes me smile seeing the people who you know not at the front of the band but you can uh, come on this video who are enjoying themselves so much like there's um uh the the greatest show the greatest showman okay the hugh jackman movie Mm -hmm. online on youtube when they went to the um the part the like the pilot where they have to um do all the songs in to -hmm. get the green light to basically make it and um one of the biggest songs from the movie is um this is me yeah and um she has just got amazing like powerful voice the the pianoist the pianist in the background mm-hmm. almost comes off his chair he's so into this song and <laughs> Like Great. he he's jumping it like, and you you blink and you miss him, but I can't keep my eyes off him now. Like right, yeah, getting yeah. into it so much, and it's yeah. the same. Like you said, it just everyone's smile on their face, and like, have you heard this until I told you you had heard it? This like a version. Uh yes, because um, and I because I think someone else had it, didn't they? No, no one else had it, but um, I. I just saw a lot of commentary around lack of version because they were okay. gearing up for the for the hottest 100. So I think a lot of people were showing a lot of love for Alex Leahy. So I was, yeah, it was one of the ones that I. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. That. So I think so I think yeah, one. just the, the joy of everyone, but also her power of her voice. Like she really yeah. does the song justice, and I totally agree with you. They bet they don't really change it that much, you know. Like, yeah. um, 
but it's it's great. Yeah, really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, this is this is an aside, but it just reminded me of it. Have have did you ever watch The Good Place? Yes, I love that show. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I saw a video recently of um, and a spoiler alert for The Good Place, but um, I. I watched a video recently. It was of um, uh, I, I, I don't know the actor's name. I know uh, Jamila Jamil, um, Darcy Corden, uh, and then the yeah. other two guys who are in You're the talking show. about Chidi, 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 and uh, Jason. Oh, Jason, yes, yeah, yes, I love so Jason. So it's the four yeah. of them, right, at a almost like a table read, but it's a it's video of them finding out the twist at the end of season one of mm-hmm. the good place so it's someone mm-hmm. who's basically talking them through and then uh eleanor says this isn't the uh, you know they're not going to take us to the bad place we're already there and their minds are blown and it's such a fun thing because they're already already like they're they've already invested in the show but to see them realize that they're part of something that is going to be so mind-blowing and so fun and so like i honestly it's just it it gives me the warmest feeling just to see how excited yeah. they are. It's I need to Google that so, immediately yeah. because I haven't yeah. seen it. I will. Yeah. Yes. I will, I'll. I'll make a note to send that one to you. Please. Uh, cool. All right. Uh, song nine is a song you would sing in karaoke. So you have opted for "The Captain" by Casey mm-hmm. Chambers. Mhm. Mhm. Now little secret i'm going to share with you <laughs> okay is is that i may be a comedian uh-huh. but god i wish i was a singer <laughs> i really wish i was a singer right there's like every time i'm ever singing a song in a car i always visualize myself in karaoke taking all of my friends and family by surprise that oh my god she actually has this amazing voice that she's been keeping from us for 41 years right I want that moment in my life. I'm the not a great singer. Okay. And the captain, oh my gosh, I just love this song so much. And this was a tough one for me to choose. And really interestingly, my favourite band of all time is actually not on my list at all this for my answers, which is Pearl Jam. Okay. But I tried to stick to what I thought was my top first answer. Mm-hmm. And the you know, I'm not a, like, I do love Casey Chambers and I really do love the album, The Captain, but, uh, you know, like I haven't seen her very much live. I think I've only seen her once. and mm-hmm. But there's just something really poetic about these lyrics and this song. I'm always drawn to it when I hear it. Yeah. And it's like it's, it's heartbreaking and it's, you know, it's, you know, you really feel for her and she just you know there's so much about it and I I definitely don't choose a song when I do karaoke but because I'm scared I'll never be able to do justice to the vocals of Casey Chambers but sure um but I do really really feel like this would be my big moment to show everyone I can sing (laughs) if I was to do it (laughs) but yeah it's just a beautiful song I I love how it's written it's very poetic it's you know it's yeah it's sad you know you'll be the captain and I'll be no one and like it's no self-worth and it's just yeah 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 Yeah. 
How, um, how familiar were you, are you with Casey Chambers and how familiar are you with this song? I Casey Chambers, just like just a recent introduction, just had a couple of songs. Um, maybe just one song by Casey Chambers on the, on the list recently. So I um, was, yeah, vaguely familiar with her as an artist. Hadn't heard this song before. Um, yeah, and I... I was really, really intrigued by this song because, um, as you said, it's the 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 poetry of the the lyrical content is, um, really beautiful and yeah, slightly tragic in a way and quite difficult to pin down, you know, what's going on with it. Um, because I think my initial interpretation of it was like it sort of, it almost felt like a sort of like, uh battered woman in a way like it's sort of this like you know making herself very small um and then i i looked into it and i'm I'm fairly sure it's a it's her it's it's her singing from the perspective of herself in like 10 years when she chooses to be small because i think that there's a there's an element of this being like being conscious of being very big very present very dominant in the relationships maybe um and then wanting to sort of like let someone else take over and let her sort of you know be within herself which is quite just quite sweet but it's still very sad and quite yeah it's, it's quite it's quite difficult to pin down exactly how i feel about it but it's um yeah it's really yeah cool. i feel I feel that, if, like I said, I have different emotions every time I kind of hear it and yeah. different interpretations of it. And I read as well that it's her talking about her dad. That was one thing I read about it. And that kind of put a whole new spin on it for me. And I didn't know whether that right. was true or not. Okay. Um, because I think her dad had quite a big influence in her music career. Right. And I think he's, I think he's actually a musician himself. Uh I could absolutely be making all of this up, but uh, I think you're right about it because I, I don't know how I feel when I come away from it every time. I've heard it yeah. so many times. Sometimes yeah. I feel optimistic yeah. when I'm singing it. Sometimes I feel, yeah, a bit beaten. And, yeah, it's it's it mm. has a different tone for me a lot of the time. Mm. Um, the, yeah. Uh, the thing from the sh- from this show that it brought me back to and I don't, I don't know if this is like um this is fair enough but it was just the the parallel that i drew um i michelle razor on the show um episode 10 or something like that i think and her the song that she picked to, to relax to i can't remember what the song was but when she was talking about it, she said that the thing that relaxed her about it was that it made her feel small um and like slightly insignificant in the world um which is relaxing to her because like typically she's a very you know big personality big presence and it's helpful for her to occasionally feel that sort of um smallness um in the world and that was like that Mm. that that was the more sort of positive optimistic interpretation of this song that i came away with was which is like it it could be for someone that has such a big presence that that letting someone just take over you be the captain i'll be no one and just you know be within herself for a time could be something that she actually needs or knows that in in year like years down the line if she continues on this path she will need to withdraw um just for for her own sake um i really love that 
Mm. I really, really love that. I mean, this could be the song for extroverts. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. <laughs> it's really true, though. Like, you know, like mm. a, I really like Michelle's kind of take on that. And um, Michelle is an extrovert. I'm an extrovert. I think probably it stems quite a lot for why I probably don't know how to relax. And yeah, I get all all my energies from people. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could be in the absolute, you know, darkest mood and be really stressed. And um, but the second I step into a comedy room, and the second I step on stage, I am completely at peace of who I am and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I mm. and then I'm on such a high and a whole other level of energy that I didn't even physically feel was possible driving towards that gig. Right. Like, so I really love the way that she said that because maybe in a way I need to go back and listen to this song again and Mm. kind of take what she said and think about how I, how I, maybe if that's how I feel about it too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right, song 10 is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So you've gone for Holiday in Spain by Counting Crows. I love Counting Crows. They are, it's a Pearl Jam, Counting Crows. Definitely were the two biggest bands I listened to in my like 20, early, like, oh, actually uh, 14. So when I moved, how it all came about with Pearl Jam was I moved to a suburb when I was 14 and there was a guy there called Anthony and he used to love Pearl Jam and then I started listening to them and then I kind of got into it. I mean, I've seen them 11 times live. Wow. They've never they've never done the same set list twice at any concert and okay. Counting Crows kind of started to come in then because my brother... Um, I can't remember which one of my brothers, I think it was Adam, introduced me to August and Everything After, the Counting Crows album. Mm -hmm. There are some unbelievable songs on that album. The the most popular one from that album was um, Mr. Jones, um, which is now mainstream and everyone knows and it kind of ruins um, that song. On the Hard Candy album, which I think Holiday in Spain's on, uh, again, it's like this real, like, tragic, but there's, like, optimism, shoots of optimism in this song, Mm -hmm. but then there's real kind of, like, like, spiral shame moments, like, in your life where you're like, I just need to fucking forget whatever just happened and move on and go somewhere else. Yeah. And... I was traveling at the time and I was on this bus and heard this song and I was like, God, this like really captures, you know, what traveling kind of is about. And, you know, you get swept up in these relationships with guys and you feel like it's the one, but it's ends quickly. And yeah, you know, you get really blind at a bar or you get too stoned in Amsterdam and you can't remember if you wore pants on the way home and you you know all these like things about traveling and living in different countries I feel like this song just captures it so beautifully it's yeah. just it just um 
it's like, oh, fuck it, forget it. We'll shit there. Let's move on to Spain. Let's go somewhere else now. Let's do this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, how, that's yeah. my interpretation of it, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So was was there is there a particular place then that it puts you in mind of? Uh, I was traveling from Rome to Barcelona. Okay. And uh, I used to be a smoker. And... Mm. Um, I had really severe bronchitis. I was traveling with all my mates and was coughing like, you know, I didn't go see a doctor once or do anything fucking for myself because I'm 21 year old, 21 years old, and I can't afford anything. Um, sure. So I just, you know, wrote it out. But I remember like I was coughing so badly, I had to sit outside the, in the freezing cold of where we were staying in our accommodation because my mates just basically kicked me out. And then the next day we got a bus bus somewhere and I was so sick and I was like, what am I doing with my life? And I think, I don't know, there's something about when I was sitting on that bus, I heard that song for the first time and I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And, mm. yeah, I just love Adam Juritz anyway and he's just his voice is just phenomenal. And uh, so, yeah, yes. yeah, Beautiful. Yeah, there's, mm. there's a real, um, there's a very contemplative energy around it i think um and that there are there are certain songs that i think lend themselves particularly well to nostalgia um and i think this is definitely one of those i could i could yeah when i when i was listening to this in this category i was thinking yeah i can wherever you hear this song i can see you being brought right back um mm-hmm. so yeah uh and it's handy that it was a, a like a holiday in spain as well that's pretty yeah I know, con- I know, right? Like I know it. this. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, but it's a great memory for me, and it's great traveling. And but, you yeah, know, sure. I'm loose, and I'm kissing boys in nightclubs, and I'm doing this, and I'm doing that. But it's yeah, just yeah. like, you know. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. all good memories. Mm. Excellent. Uh, song eleven is a song that reminds you of a specific person. So you've gone for "What's Golden" by Jurassic Five. Yeah. So it's my husband. Okay. Because he is a huge J5 fan mm-hmm. and a huge Cypress Hill fan. And um, I didn't know much about J5. And he plays J5 when he goes to the gym and works out and stuff. And we, I mean, he he loves music, but I think, you know, he's, but he's got his like set list of artists that he likes and mm-hmm. likes kind of like um, this, like he introduced me to J5 and played this song for me. And I was just like, just that first bit was like, Whoop! you know, and it kind of just yeah. pulls you in immediately, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also, um, I think it's KR, KRS1, which sings, Whoop, Whoop, it's the sound of the police. Right. It's the sound of the beast, yeah. And so he used to play J5, What's Golden, in the car, and all my my kids love it. And it just, just seeing his whole face kind of light up for it. Mm. And we, we've we been together 14 years, but we only got married five years ago. So we did the kids first, not planned, and then booked our whole wedding and then accidentally had another one and then cancelled that. We did get married for years later. So... Um, right. when we were talking about the song to walk into the reception, you know, you introduce your bride and groom and mm-hmm. and this was the song. I was like, why don't we have J5? Why don't we have What's uh, Golden? Cause beautiful. 
because it's just such an energetic and you know yeah, such yeah. a great song and and I just love how he is when he listens to it. So yeah, um, yeah. So I just I, I probably never would have purposely listened to that band um, yeah. if it wasn't for him. But I really like them. Okay, excellent. Mm. Mm. I love that. That's yeah, that's really sweet. I really, really like mm. that. Um, I'm a big fan of. And I've had a few of these on the show, and this is probably one of my favorite things that comes out of it. Is uh, the um, wedding soundtracks. Um, mm. I'm, I'm a big fan of different interpretations of the uh, walking down the aisle song, the walking, uh, the uh, I can't remember what they call it, the reception, the walking out song, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, especially because I, there, I think. What I like about that, especially for 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 you walking down the aisle to something that's slightly different, is obviously you've been together so long that you're very comfortable with one another, and there's no like pretense there. You don't need to like go with something traditional for the sake of it. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a really beautiful choice. Um, do you know? Do you know what's funny though? I go, music is super important to me. Yeah, and. What is hilarious about our wedding? I spent so much time, you know, visual my visualization of me going down that aisle. I must have played it out a million times in my head. And the song, so the J five was to walk into the reception, but the the song to walk down the church aisle was um, "Today" by Joshua Radham, who you okay. probably haven't heard. Um, however, Ellen DeGeneres took Joshua Radham and had it as her song so then suddenly it was like fuck I thought I was the only one and then okay. so I every moment in that wedding I planned I planned every song I visualized it yes that's how I'm emotionally going to feel when I hear that song mm. but then the most funniest part about our wedding was the song we danced to was Beyonce and Ed Sheeran I can't even remember the fucking song hang on a minute when I hear that song now. It makes me want to cringe. Ed Sheeran and Beyonce, hang on, are perfect. It's like, so we danced to that song, right? It's not me. I did it for him, my husband. I thought, sure. He's now. Here's where it gets funny. Is about six months ago. Uh-huh. I go. I I had. I said to my husband, I've got to confess. The song we danced to at our wedding. I hate it. I don't know why we. Ch- I don't know why I let you do that. And he goes, "No, you're the one who wanted it." I go, "No, you wanted it." He goes, "No, you wanted it." I went, Are "You fucking joking? Have we just got our wires crossed and danced to not the song I wanted?" He goes, "Yes." So we were both <laughs> dancing, going, "This is the shittest song ever," but I'm doing it for him. And she's like, and he was like, "I'm doing it for her." <laughs> oh my god! God. I just like that's so most... nice though that's so nice <laughs> to, like especially and, and I, i'm gonna be honest especially that song because i think that yeah. song i like i try to be as open-minded as possible and as like polite about music as possible i fucking hate that song i think it's oh, so same. I, yeah i just I, it's so it, it's another one of those with that i feel is like really contrived and cynically I mean, what, made and just did Beyonce dull. and Richard have a stroke when they wrote that song <laughs> and put it out like she just she just released one of the most prolific ground breaking albums of all time yeah 
Is yeah. there a, you know when you you know when you're in the shower and you think about something you did when you were eight years old and you go like this uh, do you ever do that? Yeah. Do you, you know you know when you're driving and I go Bleh. I yeah. do it all the time I go because yeah. I can't believe I've I've like accidentally overshared at a party one time you right. know when yeah, you're going yeah. and all you and I'm like Bleh. I think about it yeah. there's got to be a moment in Beyonce's perfect day where she goes Bleh, over the song Perfect by Ed Sheeran and Beyonce <laughs> oh man oh god that's so funny um, uh, okay, yeah. next question. Uh, next one. Yeah, next one. All right, song 12 is a song that motivates you. So you've gone for Good Time by Kapiak. Oh, this song is so good. Yeah. This, <clears throat> this is up there with Bag Raiders. Right. You can get, you can, okay, so uh, a guy who runs a comedy club up here called Jake Smith. Uh, has pretty good music taste and I was walking on stage and he put this song on and I was like, I, I just came back after I got on stage, I was like, what was that song? Yeah. I, like I, I kind of like the Get Lucky, the Get Luckies and, and the Bag Raiders it reached immediately I was like, I need to know what that song is straight away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, that became my song to walk on stage for my Sydney and Brisbane comedy festival shows. Nice. And, um, I mean, cause it's so fun and energetic and it's like, yeah. you know, it's just gonna have a good time. Anyway, about a month ago, the band took the song off Spotify and I couldn't make it my song to walk on stage to. Right. And only about a week ago, they've just put it back on again or something like that two weeks ago. So it's, right. I don't know what happened there, but it went off and then it came back on. So I don't know if it was a copyright thing, but the oh. second that song's that song starts playing, I'm just I just start dancing mm. and just it's just oh it's got the best energy. I don't even know who the band is. I've never heard anything else of their stuff. <laughs> I haven't even taken the chance to research them. I don't care. I just want to know that one song and that's it. Yeah. If I was going to know Ed Sheeran for Perfect, then I'm going to have to know Capiac <laughs> by a Good Time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There are like I think there are certain. Um, I didn't I didn't realize this until I started doing the show, but like Spotify is uh, is regional, like it's segregated in certain ways. So there are certain songs that are available in some countries but not others. Um, um, and I've seen instances where bands will inadvertently let licenses lapse or like not renew certain songs going on to you know certain regions. So it might be that. Um, uh, Interesting. It might, be th- it might be they were particularly upset with uh, Joe Rogan, but they got over it very quickly or something. I don't know. But um, understandably, I hope yeah. they make "Perfect" by Beyonce and Ed Sheeran unavailable for the whole world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to redo my whole wedding for that moment. <laughs> Someone's like, "Do you want to watch your wedding dance on video?" No, thanks. I'm good. No, thank you. <laughs> That would annoy me so much because that, like, I know we're going back to this. That is such a sweet thing to do for your partner, and you both did the same thing. So that is very funny and very sweet. And then that song would have a very special place in my heart for that reason. But it's such a bad song. <laughs> You're just like, why, why this? Um. Oh, anyway, uh, good. good time. Love this. 
absolutely yes. love this i this is the song that um so i, I what i typically find is I, I mentioned to you my process is i will listen to um these these playlists like eight times something like that to to get used to um um in preparation for a record and then when i get beyond that point what i'll do is i will um what i typically find and this isn't good preparation it's just i will start with the song i i'm so in love with and then i'll skip through the ones that i've sort of got familiar with or the ones that i've already knew um i could not get past good time i listened to this song so many times uh and yeah i have separate playlists set up that you know for my for my dying time this song is on repeat i i love that kind of I, I love like disco and that kind of energy and this kind of takes elements of that and it just it makes something so fresh so fun yeah i i'm so happy that you love yeah. it as much as uh, i did it's so good it I'm like, now you can kind of get it. Like, as soon as I was walking on stage, I was like, what is this yeah. amazing song? I'd walk off. I'd walk off. Yeah. I'd you know, walk on and be like, one second, guys. What is- one second. <laughs> yeah. Just come back off stage. Totally. totally. What's that song? Write, totally. write that down for me. Write that down. <laughs> totally. Great. Totally. I want to have right, a guys, back with you. to death. Yeah. You know how I think yeah. about Casey Chambers being the moment I, everyone discovers I'm an amazing singer? Mm. That is the song I want to have a house party specifically for that song, so I can get on the dance floor and yeah, put yeah. that song on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. All right. Uh, song thirteen is a song that someone introduced you to. So you have opted for "Heavenly Father" by Bonnie Vare, and specifically the "Live at the Opera House" mm-hmm. version. So my brother, who I mentioned before, Adam, has been in yes. music festivals and music his whole his whole life. And he, um, him and I have quite similar music taste. Mm-hmm. And he was over at my house probably only three months ago or something. Now, I, I'm i not a huge Bonnevere fan because I really don't know. And his God, his lyrics are complex and mm. you just, you can't make sense of any of it really. Like, <laughs> and you try to especially this song, I really have like read the lyrics and tried to understand it and I still don't have a clear interpretation of what this song really is, but I I mean, I've got my own views. Anyway, my brother was singing it. I think he was just singing it, walking around. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what are you listening to? Um, or what are you singing? And he said, oh, it's Bon Iver, you know, Heavenly Father. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he almost punched me. You know when, like, people <laughs> people love a song so much and they can't believe it's not in your world? Yes. And, like, and they go so dramatic and they're like, what do you mean you haven't heard it? I'm like, yeah, okay, just show it to me and we'll get past it. And they're like, no, what do you? And they pace around the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. How have you not had this in your life? Anyway, so that's, that's what he did. And then he... Yeah. And he goes, you have to watch this. And so YouTube's like Heavenly Father, Live at the Opera House. Mm-hmm. And holy shit. Like, I had never heard that song before. And I was like this against, like, the computer going. And when he gets so overwhelmed in the in the middle of it, and he goes, whoa. Yeah. Like, because he just, he's like, because he's probably never been in a moment where that song's our cappella as well. Yeah. And just like that guy even just like beating his chest. 
yeah. for the beat. And then the sisters singing that song. I think they are sisters. I looked it up. And then... Yeah, the stairs. Singing, sing... Yes. Ah, oh, okay, but yes. And then I was... Then I was in. And then my brother's like, wait till you hear Heiser Kite's version of it for like a version. Mm. And she, you know, again, like she didn't really change it that much. Like, welcome to the Black Parade. But I think there's something about like... And that's probably why Alex's version of Welcome to Black Parade and High as a Kite's of Heavenly Father is so powerful and doesn't need to be changed that much mm-hmm. from an is because applying a female voice to those songs mm. is the difference. Right. That it doesn't need fancy instruments and the triangles and stuff. It's just Having a female voice that comes in as powerful as Alex's and the high as a kite's lead singer, I don't know her name, but again, I was just like, oh my God, and I had the goosebumps for that. And mm. yeah, and then um, and then I just, I mean, my really, my own real experience of Bonavir is Exile, which is on my list, which we're about to talk about. Yeah. But um, this. There's something about Bonavir. I don't. He's quite unique in the sense of how he writes his lyrics. I just really don't know any other artist who has so many layers to a song mm-hmm. without a clear narrative that runs through it. Right. Well, yeah. that's my interpretation. But yeah. I, I really don't have a clear narrative. Do you? Do you really have one from the song? Do no, you feel? Um... I mean, there are, there are elements of this song that I um, so I like I I grew up Christian, and then I like in my late teens fell away from it, and I would um I would say that I'm an atheist now. Um, but there are um there are elements of like faith based lyrics that really just strike a chord for me um and i think again it's like there's a a lot of the the vulnerability around it too um so yeah like i I, i'm similar to you i I can't get a i can't get a very clear read on exactly what the um what the the song's meant to be about or what the um the the interpretation of it is but yeah it just it just makes me very emotional (laughs) Um, yes, me too. And I think that's it, right? He's commanding us with his, with not such a, you know, really detailed, specific story that he's trying to tell us. It's his emotion. Like there's parts of the song where he just sounds like he's about to break down and cry. And then mm-hmm. it's just, he, he, yeah, he's just a special, really special artist. Yeah. He really is. Um, yeah, so the the acapella version, the um, uh, the Sydney Opera House uh, video, um, I had seen it before, and I, it was a really like it was a great thing for you to send me because it's something that I hadn't thought about in years, but um, was like was so in love with it, and watching it again, it it is an incredible piece of art. It is there, there's something almost like voyeuristic about watching it you feel like you're looking in on something that is like incredibly 
private and vulnerable that you should be a part of. I think because they're in a circle facing each other and there's no like there's no house lights up so there's no like real indication that there's an audience there at all it looks like something that's just for them and as he said like the the guy beating his chest and the like the the moment where he gets overly emotional um all their eyes are closed and it's just like completely in this moment it is honestly one of the most incredible pieces um i've ever seen um it yeah it's just it's stunning it's i so totally beautiful. agree with you though you forget the audience is there and then yeah. that very last note and then they stop and the whole crowd just bursts into yeah. the room you, you can hear like, one guy go like whoa you can hear it like he's just like he's just yeah, yeah. like it's been held back that entire time um yeah, yeah and i think yes. the the last lyric in, for me is that it's heavenly father is is all that he offers a safety in the end um mm. which i think is like if nothing else i i pick that up as like a real sort of um I, that that for me summarizes a lot of what the um appeal of faith is for me or the appeal of, of christianity is that sort of that feeling of comfort that feeling of safety at the end if that's all that you get from it if that's all that's offered mm. then that is enough um yeah. I, so yeah like for that for me is like that's that's a very like emotionally because my, my family are still religious my, my family still believe and they, they they're around church a lot so you know um do you think they like, would connect with this song at all do you think yeah i think i i that's interesting i don't i'm not sure i think there are definitely elements of it that they would they would they would read into it as like you know christian led and they're like i think that like that safety element is definitely something that they would they would enjoy um i think typically for their um uh faith-based music tend to go a little bit more down the line you know hymns and the the gettys um yeah hills on kind of stuff yeah fair enough i think i think you're right though i think i i you know my my mum's a catholic and i do but i i get a faith you know kind of feeling about that line as well but the line that absolutely kills me is um i know about it darling i've been standing here yeah that emotion he has when he sings that oh yeah 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 oh it, it suddenly suddenly just brings me to someone breaking up with someone and it's like this yeah you know like just see me for who i am i'm the one and i was like oh my goodness it's just yeah so yeah it's yeah. again i'm so grateful i was introduced to that yeah absolutely yeah uh yeah i don't don't like pick apart all the lyrics but the other one is um i'm a known card in a card wind um yes again again the way he sings that that that's sort of mm. like uh it's almost like a self-rebuke when he's when he's singing that like he's annoyed at himself it's oh god yeah and and this um, one and this one this as a last one is can you see now filling up holes with goddamn fears i was like Oh, it's just yeah. how he is. I just can't. I know, like, just the, the way he writes is just yeah. so complex. It's, yeah. Anyway, yeah. okay, what's next? Let's yeah. get off. Oh, am I about to move on to him again? <laughs> I am, aren't I? No, 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 we've got, we got Linkin Park in between. So song 14 is a song you wouldn't expect to like. So you've gone Shadow of the Day by Linkin Park. Just... 
I just like, you know, like maybe because I can hear how he, maybe because you can hear his voice better than I probably have heard in any of other Linkin Park yeah, songs. Sure. Like it really, um, I really feel like his voice is showcased to be as beautiful and as strong as it is in this song. Yeah. And because um, there's quite different tones that he uses in this and you know, starts soft and slow and kind of builds yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I will, again, on high rotation quite a lot for me, but I will, yeah. if it's on the radio, I'm absolutely stopping as well to, to, yeah. to listen to it. Yeah. 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 Jake, I, I never really gave Linkin Park time of day. Um, like I, I, like I, I like numb and I like the stuff that they were doing with Jay-Z and stuff. Cause you know, it was very mm. popular at the time, but I don't think I appreciated what an incredible lyricist, um, uh, Chester Bennington was until mm-hmm. he passed away. Um, mm. and, I agree with you. I think this is a song that I think if you, if you listen to this in isolation, you wouldn't, I don't think you would necessarily read this as a Linkin Park song. It's, um, no, it's very, no. it's very soft. Um, there's like a, mm. it's almost like, um, the closest thing I would say is like with or without you by you two. Um, mm. or I, one. Yeah. Yeah. Good try. Um, mm. but it's a, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, beautiful song and lyrically again beautifully written um and his voice is incredible in it so yeah i i had i actually hadn't heard this song before um and oh really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. again very small sphere of influence like my lincoln park song is mm. like uh, yeah numb that yeah. kind of stuff around that um but yeah i thought i, I thought it was really really beautiful and really yeah. surprising to me that it was a, a lincoln park song as well i think if anyone's going to take away like yeah, if I like everyone who might hear this who goes, Oh, yeah, but Lincoln Park, everyone has to go listen to that song because yep. it will absolutely change your perception of him as a vocalist, him as a lyricist, and him just as a musician and yeah. I, an artist. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. I. Okay, so back to Bonnie Vare. Song fifteen is the song <laughs> that you think everyone should listen to. So you've gone for "Exile" by Taylor Swift and Bonnie Vare. Oh, this song gives me so much emotions. It's like, and I heard this before I heard Heavenly Father, right? So, right. Okay. This this really was my my experience with Bonnie Vare. Like I, yeah, and. The contrast of his voice with hers, mm-hmm. deep and like it's like really smooth and just this. And then she just comes in like a little floating butterfly into this song. And again, I know not a lot of people like Taylor Swift and I know that she's got that pop stuff and all that. But if you strip back down Taylor Swift and what the things I really do love about her is in COVID she released two of probably the best albums I've heard, like Folklore and um, Cardigan. Is it Cardigan? Was that the name of it? Yeah. Not sure. Are they 
they go against everything she normally puts out. But it was her in lockdown going, oh, okay, I'm just going to release some stuff. And Folklore is a really great album. Like, and I'm not a massive Taylor Swift fan, but mm. I played it on. Like, there's only a few albums lately where, because uh, gone are the days where you buy a CD sure. and you take you take the pamphlet out of the top, then you wrote, read the lyrics, and yeah. you know you look you go from song one to song two, right? Yeah. Um. There's only a couple of albums probably in the last 10 years that I can confidently say I put on Song Wong to hear how the album went and I was still there on the last song and I hadn't turned it off. Right. One of them is Taylor Swift's. The other one is Beyonce's latest album, Renaissance, which don't even get me started on what a masterclass of an album that is. Yeah. Like that needs its own podcast episode. <laughs> it sure. is exceptional. Yeah. Exile came on and I was like, yeah. who is who is this voice? Who is this man? Mm. And the story that they're telling between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um like it's actually like a misunderstood relationship. Yeah. But you can still feel this love between them and the how many relationships do you feel actually probably failed because there just wasn't enough communication or they didn't communicate properly and they've misunderstood each other and you know, this is what this song feels like for me. Yeah. And it's and it could have been something beautiful, but if only we'd if only we had communicated that better together, if only you'd heard me on this. Yeah, and it make, there's so many relationships out there that just never did that, and uh, I just I heard it once, and then I just went back and I was like, I need to hear that again and again mm-hmm. and again and again. It yeah. is a great song, yeah. and whether you like Taylor Swift or not, and just like Lincoln Park, you have to hear this song. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, mm. I think. Um, I think Taylor Swift is an artist I've, I've really come around to and I yeah it's only more recently that I've realized that there is like so much more to what Taylor Swift does um like like musically incredible uh she is genuinely an, an insanely gifted lyricist um just yeah an, an, an amazing an amazing artist um and I've had this song on the show before um absolutely loved it I and I think, yeah, there's there there's so much emotion to it, and I think you've picked up on the thing that really like makes me want to weep, which is the um, the miscommunication between it. But there's the there's all obviously the uh, acceptance that it's like irreparable. Like the the mm-hmm. exile is such a great way of putting that. Like it's just like out in the wilderness and it's it's done there's like there's there's nothing mm-hmm. we can do to to get back now and then you have that combined with the uh, the uh you, you never give a warning sign and then her singing i gave you so many signs like that combination um mm-hmm. that yeah, it kills the, the, you. That the kills storytelling you. yeah honestly the storytelling mm. element of it is it's it's so well done and yeah and then that they even musically this is obviously a very like common sort of theatrical trope but they 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 start off singing their separate messages and then they come together and 
sing it um together and they're like feels like they're slightly getting on the same page but like they're still it's still over um yeah it's it's beautifully done yes it is beautiful i really want to see it live i never will be i know i won't be able to but Mm. you know but it's just gosh i would love to be in a room where like i'm almost like watching a tennis match of just going between him to her to him to her and just kind of going through that and yeah yeah uh yeah it's I just love to know did he approach her with this idea about this song or did she approach him and more mm. likely her with him but um like because because you know now that you know how Bonavir kind of writes it's like it does have that complexity in it as well like yeah so it's just yeah I just it's a one to one to hear for sure yeah absolutely absolutely mm. um all right perfect well that is a great note to end on so i emma do you have anything you want to uh, plug or promote or have you oh you can follow me on emma zamet comedian um on instagram and oh yeah you know i'm around <laughs> i don't know <laughs> nothing major <laughs> perfect all right well thank you so much thanks for having me this has been awesome I've got, I'm going to go listen I feel like I want to go listen to it all over again now all these songs <laughs> but yeah thank you thanks it's been great and that is it for episode 70 of Mixtape and Entity thank you so much for listening uh, yeah go and follow Emma on Instagram link is in the description of the podcast and yeah if you're around in Brisbane then go and watch her perform live comedy and support live comedy if you like this show and you want to support it, a couple of different ways you can do that. We do have a coffee link set up in the description of the podcast. So if you've enjoyed the show or if you've enjoyed any episode and you want to support us financially, throw a couple of quids or a couple of bucks for an episode that you've enjoyed or just to say thank you for the show in general, you're welcome to do that. That would be appreciated. There's no monthly obligation there unless you want one. Uh, if you're not in a position to do that, absolutely fine. Cost living crisis and all that. Um, but please do support the show in other ways. So leave us a review. Uh, rate wherever you're listening to the podcast if you haven't done so already uh, but more importantly just tell your friends just get more people listening uh, share it on your Instagram tweet about it uh, and talk to people uh, and yeah uh, let me know what you're enjoying let me know about you know songs that you've liked all that good stuff it's very much appreciated I've had a few people reach out to me recently and it's um, yeah it's been lovely uh, I will not be back next week we'll be taking a little bit of a break so I'll see you when I see you look after yourselves